0: Sports Fix. What's up, everybody? It's the weekend. Welcome to Sports Fix. I am your host, Ben Cullen. Chelsea have been thrashed by Barcelona in the Women's Champions League final. Barcelona scored four goals in the first 36 minutes as they blew Chelsea away to win their first Women's Champions League in Gothenburg. Chelsea trailed just after 33 seconds when an attempted clearance hit a blue leg and went in for a very unfortunate own goal. Despite a spirited second-half display, there was no way back for the Blues. Barcelona became the first club to win both men's and women's Champions League. And this was also the biggest ever winning margin in a women's final. And Chelsea were watched from the stands by Russian owner Roman Abramovich. He flew into Gothenburg for the game. Rafael Nadal has won his 10th Italian Open with a 7-5, 1-6, 6-3 victory over world number one Novak Djokovic in Rome. Both players dropped serve early on in the first set before Nadal took it after securing the key break at 5-5. Djokovic dominated the second set but paid for not taking two break points in the fifth game of the decider. A stunning backhand from the Spaniard saw him break the serve in the next game before he went on to hold his serve and nerve to close out the match. This match was their 57th meeting and Djokovic has reduced his lead in their head-to-head wins tally to 29-28. Tyson Fury said his World Heavyweight title showdown with Anthony Joshua will take place in Saudi Arabia on the 14th of August. The All-British bout has been billed as one of the biggest in heavyweight boxing for decades and the winner will become the undisputed champion. Joshua holds the WBA, WBO and IBF belts while Fury is the WBC champion. The fight will see all four belts on the line in a heavyweight bout for the first time in history. The last undisputed heavyweight champion was Britain's Lennox Lewis from 1999 to 2000, in an era when the fighters did not need to hold the WBO belt to be recognised as undisputed champion. We now welcome back to the studio the inspirational and very articulate women's cricketer Mariko Hill. Can you tell us about your recent team success? I know you're very proud of that.
1: Yes, so uh, I play for the Hong Kong Cricket Club, Willow Wielders, and in the Hong Kong setup, we've got two divisions Division 1, Division 2. Within Division 1, we've got four main teams, and within that, we play the Kowloon Cricket Club in the finals two weeks ago now, I believe, um, and throughout the season, it has been sort of head-to-head, going up and down within the rankings, because obviously winning and losing, but the club has sort of gone consistently throughout the season with wins, and in the finals, we were fortunate to get the Hong Kong Cricket Club grounds, probably the most picturesque and yeah, amazing place. beautiful place. absolutely beautiful, and um, the grass, oh my goodness, you can almost lie down as if it's a bed, but... We, yeah, we won that, so obviously big celebrations afterwards, we worked pretty hard as a Congratulations. unit. Congratulations. Thanks. And it was sort of the inaugural year of really devising two um, divisions in Hong Kong to have that elite and also that development program. So it was really competitive. It was an incredible experience. Of course, during COVID there are stops and starts, so really big ups to CHK and all the ground staff for really providing it or else we wouldn't have been playing sport outside.
0: yeah. Very good. How did you personally play?
1: Yeah, so I got player of the match, Oh, there the we finals. go. Very good. That's good um, to know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really chuffed for it because I think... You should be. Always performing on stage at your home turf is a huge... Um, I don't know. I, I just love it. Yeah. It's, it is the home of cricket for me. It's my second home. Um, so it's nice to see your supporters um, alongside. That's awesome. We're
0: all very happy for you. Cheers. Good stuff. What, what would you say is the most enjoyable part of cricket for you?
1: I'd definitely say the team element. So like I said, previously I used to play golf. Absolutely hated it when you hit a bad shot. You're there by yourself. Maybe you have your caddy, and that was my dad at the time. <laughs> and you probably don't want to hear your parents chatting what to do what you should do and what you shouldn't. Yeah. And as soon as I started playing cricket, you are pretty much amongst 12 other players, including the, the benches. Yeah. Um, and they're part of the team, right? So with that, you get different ethnicities, different age, different abilities, different sizes. It's so inclusive of everybody that you feel included in something, and that is such a huge part of sports, but in particular cricket because you can have all these unique abilities and you can be a batter you can be a spinner you can be a pace bowler you can be a specialist fielder if you like so through that you get really accepted for who you are
0: that's awesome what sort of fitness would a cricketer do can you give us a rundown of that
1: yeah so um we typically train four times a week and that's i'd say skill based things but then we've got uh, fitness tests included, and during the COVID situation, fitness was a, was a big thing. So we do 2k time trials, um, sort of standing broad jumps and jump tests and all these other assets, of course, that not many people would like to do, but we know it's for the greater good. Of course, yeah. Um, And you need a baseline. Exactly, exactly. Um, And we do train at um, certain um, locations to get our strength and conditioning up. But also personally, I would do my own as well, because I'd like to have that holistic perspective of strength and nutrition.
0: Okay, let's touch on your time in Australia. Mm -hmm. You were probably at the peak of, you know, the talent around you then. What was that like?
1: Probably the most incredible, I'm going to say this all the time, but it was one of the highlights of my international career um, to this date. Um, I idolised a lot of the players that were playing in Australia. So I, so a bit of background, I did go there for four months to play Division One or Premier One um, League in Melbourne and that was alongside all these Australian national women's players, um, Meg Lanning and Megan Schutz and things. And, I looked at them, or I watched them on television, and I was so nervous when I first went there because I was this 18-year-old kid. Yeah, of course. Not knowing what life outside Hong Kong is, to be honest, so I was also learning myself. Um, and just training alongside them, I realized what it takes to be a professional athlete, the discipline that it takes to, commitment and really trying to drive your own innate abilities. And playing alongside them, it realized where I am and where I want to achieve. Um, But through that, I also had a lot of fun outside of it and experienced what life abroad is like.
0: Yeah, especially in a country like Australia. Yeah,
1: it's not too bad. Beautiful. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Wonderful. And then can you quickly tell us the story that you told me off air about being in Bangladesh as a 12-year-old? It's too good not to share.
1: Okay, okay. So, of course, um, this was going to be my first ever tournament for Hong Kong. And the first place was Bangladesh, probably one of the biggest countries that support and know cricket. So the second we arrived and landed, it was as if everybody knew who we were, the Hong Kong national women's team. And every day when we went to training or to matches, we'd leave the hotel and there'd be a sea of people waiting for our signatures, asking for autographs, asking for photos. And to get to the bus, we would have guards sort of separating the sea of people trying to, I guess, like, touch you or I don't know, have the sacred aura, I suppose. Um, but even when you're on the bus, we had six police men sort of circulating around the bus and protecting us. Of course, there's a safety element involved in that, but as a 12-year-old, you're so oblivious. Of course. That I was experience. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is what fame feels like. Yeah. Um, and ever since that, I was like, right, this is amazing. I'm yeah. going to keep going, and every year they'd have a, have a tour um, and travel around the world.
0: That's amazing, especially at 12. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so from 12, fast forward a little bit to the future, what goals slash aspirations do you have before you hang up the bat? Let's say that again.
1: Um, again, I'm not going to hang the bats for quite a while, touch word that I don't get injured, but um, currently we're focusing on the World Cup qualifiers coming up in November. And that's as a team goal, of course. Um, But personally, individually, I have my own goals in regards to cricket and personal growth outside through business. But within cricket, it's really understanding my own game. I know I've had almost 14 years of experience, and it's really fine tuning what my strengths and weaknesses are. Understood. And really honing at it. And then going full force and giving 100% to what I can anyway, and having no regrets when i do perform in november because we have lost world cup qualifiers previously and this really is the pivotal time to take ownership and succeed as a team
0: yeah how excited! yeah i'm really good blessed. luck thank you wonderful now as we come towards the end of the interview we like to give back to our audience lots of the listeners are teenagers some of them may be playing sports some of them maybe not but we like to look to our guests for advice and their tools to success, if you like. So what advice would you give to maybe a 15 year old or even a younger, a 12 year old, who maybe does want to go into professional sport? What was something that you weren't told that you wish you were told?
1: It might be an obvious one, um, but key is to really just enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it and just be real about it. And if you enjoy it, you're going to persevere and be disciplined into what you want to achieve because you have to figure out where you want to go in order to have actually a journey and a pathway. Yeah. If you're unclear about that, you may be able to achieve it, but you'd rather set a sort of not a definite goal, but a a general gist as to where you want to go. And you will hopefully guess it because good things come to good people.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Wonderful. That's a great way to end the interview. Cheers. Mariko, thank you so much for your time today. We wish you all the best with your World Cup qualifiers and further down the line as you perhaps head towards the Olympics. So best of luck and thank you for sharing your story with us thank today. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Well done. Thank you.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now.
0: The Monaco Grand Prix is widely considered to be one of the most prestigious and important races in the motorsport world. It won't quite be the party it usually is with limits on fans and general COVID restrictions, but the drivers won't care. This is the one they all want to win. That is my hottest ticket in the world this week. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your Sports Fix next week.
1: Huge thank you to Ben and also to Marika for joining us in Sports Fix. Join us again
0: next week.